Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> Six-pack lap it at this time. So we're going to be doing recapping some of the highlights from the British and French nationals. And um, everyone always says, France got shooters. Britain's got shooters too, my man. Uh, we yeah. got Abdul. Some people know him as Mo Suleiman. Did I got that right? Yeah, that's right. All right. There it is. Um, yeah, man, you're, you're coming in. I seen your YouTube videos. I was putting it in the stories. You did a hell of a job with them and um, helping like we need people like you to help, you know, people get excited about it and particularly in their nations. Like, um, you know, especially some people hit me up on King of Lifts and are like, are you going to do a preview show, recap show for this nationals, that nationals, et cetera. And we are definitely expanding, but it helps when certain people like yourself are like, you know what? I'm not going to wait. Let me step up and start putting this together. And you had some video edits and did a great job, man. And um, great breakdowns and whatnot. So I was like, we're going to do a recap show. Didn't do a preview show, but we are going to do a recap show. I'm going to bring my mans on. And uh, anyone listening, check out his YouTube. Check out his Instagram. We're, tell us your YouTube and Instagram. Uh, so my YouTube is Majid Suleiman. So just M-O-J-E-E-D-S-U-L-A-Y-M-A-N. And then my Instagram is just underscore after Majid. There it is. And, uh, and yeah, you, you got, are you going to be doing these preview shows, recap shows and stuff like that more often? Or what do you think? I think I'm definitely going to do it. Cause um, I started the YouTube channel as a vlogging kind of thing, just like document my growth in powerlifting. Cause I'm, I still consider myself a growing powerlifter. I'm not really there at the top yet. So I wanted to document going from like this base level to get into the top. Well, like having talked to a lot of people, it seems like they would just rather see a preview show. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I mean, both is good. It's weird yeah. trying to trying to captivate it because um, the more people start hearing you through, you know, recap shows, preview shows, and podcasts like this, the more people start to get to know you. All of a sudden, they care now. 
Now yeah, you got championships. Like, fuck, I'm, I'm rooting for my man. Like, look at before I started doing King of Lifts and shit, nobody was talking about like, like I've, I've been the bastards for God's sake, man. No one's like, when's your next meet? Now we get people in DMs be like, when you coming back though? And I'm like, okay. dude, why would you give a shit? But, um, <laughs> but people just like are interested in you, you know, they get a personal interest. So all of a sudden, so things will start growing in different directions and who the hell knows, man. You'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see. And just yeah. like you said, like you said yourself, um, you just need people to actually step up and like promote the sport itself. Because I think I was just waiting for like a podcast to pick, um, pick up the British Nationals. And I was just like, why don't I actually just sit down and make the videos myself? So I know a lot about the lifters, put out there and see what happens. And obviously I'm on King of Lifts, which is now insane. But yeah. this is, hey, dog, this is how you get noticed. You know, when we're thinking, I was thinking about like doing recaps because there's so many nationals, so many big meets in this month span. There's Arnold Classic. French nationals, um, British nationals, Italian nationals, and Italian, you know, Italy's got a bunch of world champions as well. And yeah. then on top of that, the uh, powerlifting America nationals is going to be taking place. So in like a span of like five weeks ish or whatever, there's so much. I'm like, we got to do this. We got to have some of these like recap at the very least highlights, if not an in-depth division by division. And um, that was already on the radar. And then when you start doing things like you're doing, that's how doors open up, man. People are like, oh, right. you know, it's like, let's get them on. Let's get them on. Let's uh-huh. do this. Thank you so, very much for the opportunity, though. You bet, man. You bet. So yeah. with no with no further ado, let's dive into this British Nationals because some history was made, man. Everybody was popping about the 105 deadlift battle. Yeah. So we might as well start with the with the gentleman. And um Maybe we take it, uh, we could rip through, we could start with the lower weight classes and work our way up. And okay. um, you could, we could ramble off who won, if you got notes, um, if there's storylines there. We don't got to go super duper in depth with every one of them if you don't want, but um, some of them are going to be stories and you, you were well researched. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, thank yeah. You. yeah, you bet, my man. So let's take it at the, I'm just pulling this up myself. The, 59 kilo class yeah so for the 59 we had um after within who won the weight class i just thought it'd be cool to like say who won the weight class but also where that person was placed in 2019 worlds or 2021 worlds just as a reference to strength levels and to show how far behind we're in a certain weight class and how close we are in some so just a little reference point for people to see yeah good stuff man well, I was just going to say it would be worth mentioning as well that um, while 2021 was a different year as far as like, you know, after the pandemic and stuff, still the, his total 517 would have placed third place at 2021 Worlds. So that's yeah. a, a, a good spot for him to be there looking at last year's results. And then we'll see who shows up this year. Here's the thing too, man. And it's got to be said, the 59 kilos, um, Fedoshenko is the, I mean, reigning world champion and he's the champ whenever he shows up, he's so far ahead. He's not going to be there, you know, with the, okay. with the IOC in the IPF agreeing that um, Russia, Russian athletes should not be at international competition. So Fedoshenko will not be in the 59s. So that bronze conceivably can now bump up to silver. Maybe, maybe we'll have yeah. to see who shows up. Proof is in the pudding, but just a little caveat to keep in mind when looking at, um Udin's possibilities though but clinches himself the the British title and in Britain um do you know I mean they might not have released yet but is team selection 
based off of if you're the champ, they're going to take you? Or is it kind of there's a little bit of gray area they can move around with? So there's a bit of gray area they can move around with. So the head coach, Henry Tosh, actually has implemented his own personal rules. There's a way to put it. So he's put like a base total we expect lifters to hit before he picks in for the international team. So I'll just quickly pull it up just to get the exact numbers. But I think not that many lifters this year, unfortunately, made his A total. So he has an A total and a B total. If you have an A total, you're pretty much guaranteed to go on the um, international team. A B total, it depends. He can basically pick or choose depending on how many B totals, how many B people, how many B total he has and what he thinks would be best for Team GB as a whole. And so, that, uh, yeah. It, and that uh, just for because uh, we've seen this before, Arian, and that's kind of like where instead of taking someone who's not going to be competitive at Worlds, you could take two people in a different weight class and they'll both be competitive. Get more team points for, for your nation, possibly snag medals. Um, if anyone's wondering, like, why wouldn't you take someone? Well, because you could double up another weight class. How many times can you double up? Just once? Yeah, you uh, can make two. Yeah. yeah. You can't only take two, Max. And yeah, I mean, this may be an interesting scenario where like, Normally, like Mo has here, that he's 123 kilos behind Fedosienko, but now Fedosienko's not there, so the weight class opens up. And typically, the 59s has less lifters too, so it's easier to place higher. So from a Definitely, team aspect, yeah. it may be beneficial. Like, hey, let's put this lifter in there, even though they didn't hit the A total, maybe they hit the B total, and they can place, you know, top three for us. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Really. And then also, Henry has 560 for the A total and 540 for the B total. So... After is pretty far behind, but depending on whether Sergey comes or not, things might shape up for him differently. But this is all Henry's decision. So we'll find out in about a week's time when he actually releases the team for the international, who actually makes it or not. And that, uh, that happens too, um, yeah. where you put in a head coach and you leave a lot up to the head coach making decisions. Yeah. And they respect that. That happens in a lot of sports, man, where you put in a head coach and the coaches start picking the team. Yeah. In the 66 is what we got. We've got Kibra. Uh, he recently just come back from power, um, like a powerlifting hiatus. He put a 612.5 kg. He's the first 66 kg lifter to actually cross the 600 kg mark in GB, which is a big achievement. But he's clearly still behind behind the Panna, one of your favorite athletes, um, the likes of them. So he's got a, quite a lot of building to do. And he actually wouldn't be coming to this 2022 Worlds because he knows the standard is there at Worlds and he wants to train until 2023 and potentially come back and actually make a statement then. So he's definitely one to watch for the future. Dude, 66s are all killers, man. Yeah. Like they're the um obviously Gladkick and Ilya from Russia also not probably gonna be able to make it, um, unless like there's a resolution beforehand, but highly unlikely they're gonna yeah. be there at the world championship championships because they're from Russia. But you have Joe Jordan from USVI, an American coming through for USVI. You got the winner of Rodrigo Manzo who was a USAPL Raw Nats champ 2019. Jonathan Garcia, who uh, is a killer, close to 700 kilo total, like just two and a half kilo below 700, could easily be hit 700. They're both battling it out in a week's time. Obviously, my boy Penna is going to be there uh, returning to defend his title, but he'll be met with Eddie Berglund, who was two and a half kilo under 700 for the European title. Like those guys, it's crazy how many of them are all floating around the 700 kilo total um so yeah it's it, that's a stacked division yeah. you know so if the head if the british coach is looking at this like how will you do internationally that's a tough one 
whereas the 59, <laughs> yeah, whereas the 59s, like you'll do all right. 66s, man, you better be. It's like, a that is sharks, man. Yeah, you yeah, are swimming with sharks, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting depth there lately. You like looking at your notes mode, he would have placed sixth in 2021 and seventh in 2019, so pretty consistent. Yeah. And yeah, even though you lose the Russians, now you're going to get a couple of Americans in there that are going to slot in there. So yeah, he's probably looking at a 6'12 and a half, and he's like, I got to get closer to that coveted 700 kilo barrier before I can be competitive on the world stage. Dude, yeah, if, if if we tossed in the Russians, Ilya and, and um, Glykik, that, I mean, that is the craziest <laughs> session. That's like, that would be insane, but uh, not going to happen this year. We'll see what happens next year. But yeah, that'd be absolutely crazy. Still is stacked, man. Still is absolutely stacked. You got three people who could win this or more. Um, how about the 74s? So 74s, we've got the Mr. The Gazo Powerlifting, um, Dylan Nelson. I think you've met him at probably one of the internationals. I don't know. He's been at the 2019 Wolves, definitely. And he totaled 710 kg, which would have placed him sixth in 2021 Wolves and also fifth in 2019. Obviously, there's Taylor Atwood, who is an absolute legend in the class. But I just thought with Dylan squat, he's recently scored 300 kg. So he potentially could have a good score battle with Taylor Atwood. I don't know if that's something to look forward to. Holy shit, dude, 300 kilo? That's like... That's like a huge chunk of his total coming off that squad. He is front heavy. Um, Look at you're right. If sorry to cut you off, Aaron, I'll get this point out and then you could go. But uh, even if he's not toe to toe with Taylor in terms of um, total, everyone loves. Yeah, no way close. (laughs) No, no, that and that's fair enough. But because no one in seventy four history ever has been. But if we can get a squat battle going, if he's got a three hundred kilo squat. Dude, that's neck and neck with Taylor. Taylor's floating around there for a squat. Oh, wow. He rarely gives up a gold in an event. I was just going to ask because you had marked here that he's previously done 300, but he only did 280.5 in the meet. Do you know if he like purposely sandbagged his numbers to just cruise to the win? Uh, no, actually. So um, Dylan is an interesting lifter. So Dylan actually runs Smolov. And he did, so he scored the 300 and then he got injured <laughs> very <Okay>. badly. <laughs> that's, that's about yeah. how, that's small off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so about, about three or weeks ago, he had posted like he wasn't even sure he was going to do British because he his back was basically all locked up. And he still turned up, made weight and was able to put up a 285 or 280 squat. So... Yeah, and, and pretty pretty comfortable win. So hopefully now maybe he picks a, a more conservative program going into Worlds and gets back to that 300 kilo <laughs> Dog, squat. That's a template. <laughs> that's a template that's so old. He's got to get a coach. Arian, you got to reach out to this guy. Like, you need a personal coach, young man. If he could squat 300 kilo, holy fuck what you could do with him. Or, or maybe uh, Henry Tosh was like, I'll pick you for the team. Yeah, you have yeah. to follow my programming. Yeah, you need a coach. You're past template days. Yeah, especially a template that's like 175 years old. It's like a relic. <laughs> it's like a relic from another civilization or something. He's like, what is this? I'm going to use this. But uh, but anyways, and then we got in the 83s. Talk Jones to me. King Army. So we've got Jones Kengamu in the 83s, who totaled to the 788 kg total. Um, that is currently the GB record, definitely. And I think he also broke the squat record with 295 kg and went for a 300 kg, 300 kg point five squat, but missed it on depth, which I think it's a, that's his only weak point, unfortunately, with Jones. He can squat loads. It's just whether he can get the depth call on IPF stage. 
that's where the issue is. A 788 is a definitely a decent total. If he could look, he's 12 kilo away from the 800 kilo mark. And could he cover 12 kilo in time for worlds? Absolutely. Just get him to hit depth. All of a nope. sudden, like he's a lot closer. If depth is the issue, yeah, he could literally be half an inch away from 800 kilo. I he, mean, what, he, are, we, what are we talking? <laughs> like he could be if he's if he gets to 800 kilo range, that is elite level 83. Um, wherever you are, he walks into any nation and he's on the radar of everybody. Once you break into the 800s, um, and he's a threat, you know, so that yeah. means other people showing up need to mind their P's and Q's Delaney Wallace, who's coming from the U S he's got PA Nats coming up, um, more than likely a favorite to go into worlds, but he's got uh, twice the travel that, that Jiren's would have. So, you know, things can happen, man, that, you know, he's, he's got opportunity. And also something that's worth mentioning that Jurens doesn't let people know. Um, for the US prep and nationals last year, he, he actually recently had a kid. So all that prep and all those competitions were done on like two to four hours of sleep. So I think, because like, I talk to him pretty frequently and he doesn't mention this at all whatsoever. So hopefully with the Waltz prep coming up and like the baby being a little bit older, he's yeah. able to actually apply more effort into training and recover a lot better. So we might see something good from him. On That's the good. host... Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was going to say, it's interesting, too, because I'm looking at his numbers, and he's, like, consistently progressing well. Like, he did 2018 Worlds, where he did 685. Then he did 2019 Worlds, where he did 727.5. Now he's up to 788, closing in on 800 with all this other stuff going on. So, yeah, if you can get a good training cycle in, um, you know, maybe a little bit easier travel going to South Africa compared to, like, Canada, and then get to that 800 pound, uh, 800 kilo barrier, you know, it could be a battle there at Worlds. And he already had to go head-to-head against Owen Hubbard here at National, so he's got a little bit of experience, too, going against an experienced powerlifter. Owen's good, man. I mean, he's medal at Worlds. I remember him in the 2016 World Championships taking a bronze when Hack was battling Gibbs. And, I mean, he's been around forever. The amount of <laughs> international competition that Owen's has, so it's a, it's a big win, and... um yeah, he's he's faced international comp like a, a competitor who's used to international competition. So it'll be exciting, man. He, he's he's a, an elite eighty three. Britain's got a shooter in that one. We got to we got to pay attention to him for sure. Yeah. Um, and storyline wise, Sam Watt already said it, and I posted on King of List. I was talking to it's Jirens. Am I pronouncing yes. it properly? That's it. I was talking to him in the DMs because um, Sam was obviously on the podcast saying how. Uh, you know, he was doing an interview and he was like, I don't care. I want that best lifter award, you know, like, and, and he was all confident in it. And, um, and then Sam got the last laugh. He's like, that's it, my man. It's me and you that, <laughs> you know, game on. And, um, and they pushed each other to get it. And, uh, and I was talking to Jerns and he was like, yeah, Sam got me there. And I was like, listen, man, this is, this is how it's done. You put yourself out there and be bold and be brave with your predictions. And then Sam Watt has a podcast and it's Sam Watt's episode. And he's talking about you. And we're talking about how amazing you did. And we're talking about, you know, that's how you get noticed. Other people on their own episodes talk about you when you're daring enough to throw yourself out there in the mix. So, and then if, if you coming in second in the entire nation is like, like that's hardly something to be worried about, right? That's a, <laughs> no, people no. would die for that. So it's like, you were good, man. So yeah. I'm like, I keep pushing, do more interviews and be bold, be brave, my man, get noticed. It's good. I love it. So um, anyways, yeah, I like it. 
Yeah, somewhat as hella competitive. <laughs> Dude, I love the guy. Like, it is amazing. Yeah. We'll, talk, we, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. We're getting close. Yeah, yeah, when we get to the one in five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But first, we got the 93s, man. Talk to me. What are we looking at here? So 93s, we have Adam Fuller in first place. Uh, he totaled 795. Both lifters, Adam and Will. So Will was actually second in the Euros last year. And both were basically aiming for the 800 total, but I think they just overpushed each other. So Adam ended up pulling with the final deadlift, but Will tried to outpull him, but overshot himself. So Will actually only needed a 325 to win, but he decided to go for a 330 so he could round off with 800 kg total. Oh, which, shit. Which just ended up being too much, unfortunately. So he lost out on that, and Adam had to fly all the way from Dubai to actually come and do this competition. So he basically did an international meet. So we're interested to see how Adam does at Worlds since he already has that experience of flying all over the country just for me already. Dog, 800's nice, but going to the World Championships means a lot more. (laughs) Like, you could do 800 anytime. Oh, that stings. Although, like, he probably thought he had it. He's probably done this before in the gym and, like, you know. It's one of those deals, 2020 hindsight, you look back and be like, oh, because how much, like when you lay your head on your pillow at night and you're like, I'm going to win British, hit 800, it's there, I'm good. And then when the day comes, you're like, exactly what I said, fortune favors the bold. I'm going to mm. smash this and then tell everybody afterwards, like, I didn't even need that, but I loaded it because I'm confident <laughs> I was. And then afterwards, like, oh, no, now I'm not going to Worlds? Yeah. I mean, you never know. It doesn't mean for sure, because like we had said, maybe the coach brings two ninety threes or whatever. Who knows? It's not official yet, but he put it in jeopardy anyways. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I think Adam also didn't have his best comp, so it'll be interesting to see how he can push his bench in the squat, definitely, which is his strongest point. Is he going to be in uh, Dubai around world's time? Yeah, so he'll be flying from Dubai to South Africa. I think that that's a much favorable much more yeah. favorable fly. I right? think they've got Emirates, which is, I think, better, a much more better airline than <laughs> the other ones you get from here. And it's right there. Like, in terms of a, a flight, I don't know. I'd have to check it out. Anyways, um, sounds good. And now that brings us to the 105s. Haven't heard much about this. Was it good? Was it, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. What happened with you fellas when you, could, you fellas went off, man? Yeah, basically, um, Ben, so just, I guess we could start from the beginning or we could just fast forward to the deadlifts. Um, no, let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. So we had squats. Um, I was just nervous. I was a nervous wreck the whole time. <laughs> um, Sam didn't seem to have his best in. I think you mentioned in your podcast last time where he said he's done 325 multiple times in the gym. And then when it came to this, it just didn't feel good. So he had the 325 squat. Ben was right next to him with the 322.5. And I was just... A little bit further behind with 317.5 kg squat. And then we went into the bench where Sam did a 195. I did 197.5. And then Ben did a 187.5. And then for the final deadlifts, Ben decided just to push everyone. So we all opened pretty conservatively with the 320, 322.5. And then Ben opened with 330. And from there, he went straight to the British record, which was 350.5. So um, once he pushed people that far, we kind of just knew... Because he had also posted a 350 he had done in the gym before the prep. So we all kind of knew 350 was either getting opened with <laughs> or second attempts. So that was just the, that was the option. There was nothing else that had to be done. Just kept on pulling after that. Yeah. It, dude, it was, um, I believe, 
eight record attempts, seven of them successful, and three pulls for the win. Yes. That's freaking insane. I mean, <laughs> it's just insane, man. Um, and obviously, and in the end, Sam was talking about how he's like, look, everybody was in the deadlift battle. He's like, I just wanted to win, and I want to win best lifter, and that made more. He's yeah. like, now it became an iconic deadlift battle. Now you look back and be like, fuck, should I have tried to keep pushing the debt? Like, but then you get greedy. We yeah. just talked about how you can get greedy, right? So Sam's like, I already knew ahead of time, exact because he had punched in the calculator to beat Jurens what he needed um, to get the best lifter. So he goes, I knew what my third deadlift was. I ended up in the middle of deadlift battle, and that's just the way mm. it unfolded. All the fellas, <laughs> all the fellas around me are wilding out, and I just happen to be in the middle of this. But he's like, unless someone threatened to take my the British 105 title away from me, I was mm-hmm. going to hang tight on there. But holy smokes, man, that was wild, you know? Yeah, it was. And it makes it exciting to see. Um, so Sam is, he, he could change his mind. But Sam said he might not go to open worlds because it's a relatively quick turnaround. And he might instead, and he's 51. He's like, the reason why I could do what I do at 51 is because I give myself time. You know, a, a younger guy, maybe. But, um, you know, it's, it's not the craziest turnaround, but he's like, I'm 51. This is why I could do what I do is by pacing. But I was like, Sam, on the same time, man, how crazy is it to see a 51-year-old out there at the Worlds? He's like, yeah, but he's thinking uh, Master Worlds. Yeah, and that's just, what he told us to. So we're going to have to see what happens in the 105s. Yeah, well, I think it would be me and Ben because we both have the A total for him and so I think we're actually, me, Ben, or actually, yeah, Ben actually got the A total, I believe. So me, Ben, and Durins were the only GB lifters, as far as I'm, and Dylan were the only GB lifters to actually get the A total so you for should be the men's. Fair, so you should be fairly solidified. Yes. And maybe even two 105s, do you think? We're, we'll wait and see. But I think, right. yeah, people, everyone's, every, we'll wait what Henry says, but everyone thinks it's going to be two 105s because we, we have to run that again. I tell you what, man, you put on a hell of a show. Yeah. Right? Like, I think nobody's going to complain if, you know, two 105s, you guys posted up totals that would rival a weight class, two weight classes up. I mean, you guys were just like pushing each other hard. That was by far the most competitive of, of, of all the weight classes in terms of the battles on the men's side. It was a hell of a show, man. Um, yeah, and there are even more people to join in later. So it's going to be more insane next year. Uh, oh, I was lo- yeah. I was looking up the Masters uh, World Records and you said he might go to Masters Worlds and he would crush some of these records. Like for, <laughs> oh, ma- Master- for Masters 2, 105, Leon Brown from Canada has the squad at 290.5 and Sam can do 325. For Deadlift, um, some guy from Sweden has that 312.5 and, and Sam can do 367.5. <laughs> Out of all, he would have more than any of the world record deadlifts. Like he would literally have the biggest deadlift for the Masters, too. And then for the total, Leon Brown again has that 780.5. So he's like 100, <laughs> 100 kilos over the current world record. Dude, um, Sam's in his 50s and he's deadlifting over 800 pounds and like smokes. Like he's like Sam and Sam won at 51 is fucking diced you know what i mean like (laughs) he is diced the guy is jacked strong don't look like 51 in the face either the guy it's crazy man he's a freaking legend um so yeah he's gonna if he shows up on master worlds he's gonna ruin the records 
Yeah, it's, it might be like you said, safe. Like you know, give him give his body rest and a full training cycle to get ready for it. Then he goes and he can just play his own game, hit his own numbers, chip records if he wants, put up a big total, um, and then his total technically and his points will still go into the IPF rankings. Like so, he can still see how he'd rank against the other one hundred fives. Um, he just wouldn't be competing for the uh, medal at Worlds. It'd just be cool at some point if Sam is at the World Championships. And um, you see like a 51 year old battling like guys in their prime for the world title. And um, I told Sam, like, look, it doesn't even matter if you win or place top five or whatever. At 51 people watching and they'll be like, holy shit, like the best in the world are going to show up. It's crazy, man. It's inspirational. Yeah, it is. is. It's like, dude, we, you know, because we're all humans, we're all aging, we all know it's coming. So when you see (laughs) that, you know what I mean? It's the inevitable. So when you see someone like Sam doing his thing, you're like, go get him, man. Go get him. But uh, what's it like, though, to be battling a guy if you, if you like, revere what he's doing be like fuck but i gotta try to take what he's doing <laughs> that's very true yeah, it's, it's an interesting position um i think for me it just pushed me to a new standard because i think i don't think if sam wasn't there i wouldn't have told the 876 like just because you were going against sam what you were basically like whatever my coach put on the bar i was just gonna do it doesn't even mm. matter <laughs> yeah because i even made like a 320 322.5 jump to a 350.5 i've never done 350 before in the gym so my coach was like, you've got to do this. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, Holy shit, I'm battling the same one. I yeah. better. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just going to say real quick. Yeah, I was looking at the order. So Sam opened up with 320. So he was the first one out of you, out of you four. And then he yeah. put in a 350.5. So you went after him at 322.5. So then your coach yeah. saw the 350.5 and said, hey, we're going 352.5. <laughs> and and yeah, you're like, sure. I was just like, sure, let's go. <laughs> let's go. And how old are you, Abdul? Um, I'm 24. Dog. Holy shit, Sam Watts. Fucking over <laughs> twice your age. Over. <laughs> I know. He is over twice your age, dude. Yeah, that is insane, man. It looks this like. Dude, is literally could be your father, man. <laughs> this is it looks- not too It's not too far off my dad's age. <laughs> it- oh, my God. Your dad's watching like, geez, I don't know who to root for. I identify with this other guy. <laughs> He's like, I'm conflicted. <laughs> it looks like uh, It looks like Ben's 25. And then Michael's like 26 or 27. And then you yeah. get Sam at 51. He's double all the rage. You know, Sam, Sam puts his hand on, on your back. Like, Don't feel bad, son. You're, you're, about, you're about 25 years away from your prime. You, yeah. you, know, you, you got 25 years to grow into this. Don't worry about yeah. it. I love it. Because like, even when we're talking, I mentioned like, because I, 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 I just, every single time I meet Sam, I'm just like, you're amazing. Um, but I was telling him, like, what you're doing now at 51 is insane. Um, imagine if you were 24, what do you be able to do? And you could see, like, he slightly was like, mm, I think I can still get better at 52. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, man. Like, who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Things have worked out the way they did. Um, mm. But, yeah, well, I was talking to Sam, and we were like, uh, he's like, yeah, when I start, I was like, when do you, when do you think you're going to stop? He's like, I don't know. I guess when I start declining, I'm like, you're going to be like 150 by the time that happens. So like, you've already lasted forever, bro. You're, you're getting yeah, better. Not he's, he's getting better. He's not even holding. He's getting better. Yeah, he's getting better. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we'll see what happens. The legend of Sam Watt continues. Um, how about the 120s, my friend? So the 120s this year, we missed that on Tony Cliff and um, Kieran Curry. I think you know Tony Cliff. 
multiple, well, I think he's won worlds already before and multiple right. British. He's been dominating the 120s since before I even started powerlifting. Um, but he's doing the world games this year. And then we have Kieran Gray, who unfortunately suffered a pec tier, I believe. So he couldn't, he couldn't bench. So he decided to pull out this competition. So both of them are obviously heavy hitters in the 120, but they weren't able to come this year. So we have Ben Walton, who came first with the 865 kg total. He was a 105. So we kind of started powerlifting at the same time. He left the 105s to go to the 120s while I stayed in the 105s. So he's still growing into the 120s and I definitely expect something. His real progression will just keep on increasing every single month. So it'll be exciting to see what he can hit eventually by Worlds or maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, especially if he's fresh in the 120s. Yeah. So he's just growing in there. So he's essentially bringing his um, 105 kilo total with him. And he could just grow upon that. I mean, it's that's a fucking from 105 to 120 is 15 kilo to spread. It's a long I mean, way. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got time to grow. That's for sure. And he's only at 114, so he's got yeah some more room. And he I, the, the the day before weigh-ins, he had like pizza in the night, and then just had like a massive breakfast. So a lot of that is just bloated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It is what it is. How about the uh, 120 pluses? The 120 pluses, we didn't have um, AJ Sharma this year. He decided to take the year off, basically, because I think his Euros prep, where he did 925, he was still injured. So he didn't feel like he was able to express his strength. So he decided to take the year out and he'll be back next year. So we had um, AJ, we had um, Aaron Thompson and Asif Ahmed basically going head to head. Both of them are monster spotters. Unfortunately, with the short order, like for this British for this British nationals, we didn't have that many people turn up. And when you don't have that many people in the flight, it's just a harsh comp for the 120 plus, especially. So they didn't have the best squat session. I think Aaron only got his opening squat, which was 350. He was planning on going for like a 390, 400 kg squat on the day, but he just got messed up with the flights. So he ended up with an 895. And unfortunately, that is far behind from where you want an awards competition for example he only placed ninth in worlds in 2021 and also only fifth in 2020 in 2019 worlds but it's still probably a very impressive total with a 350 squat a 210 bench and a 335 kg deadlift mm. yeah i mean there'll probably be more big men there at the world so he'll have more and they'll all be moving around the same pace they'll have a more favorable it's true that with the big fellas, especially even just warming up, yeah. it takes so much time. And then um, in between when you're smashing like squats as big as they have that kind of weight on your back, it's way easier if you got a bigger flight filled in and some okay. nations it's tough, like in s- certain years to have that many big men coming from one nation. But if you all congregate in the same spot, like all these big men from around the world, you can fill in a flight. You know, so that, you know, so that's what it takes. Like how many times do you see a 400 pound man, you go to the world championships and you walk around in the warm up room of the IPF worlds when it's 120 pluses, it is a humbling experience. My friend, I could fit in one of their back pockets. Um, (laughs) I could squeeze between their lats and they could walk around and I would be like a backpack and they wouldn't even notice me. It's like, they're like giants, man. But um, yeah, so it will help out in terms of uh, his total for squatting for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we'll we'll see if he ends up making the team or not. But I guess yeah, if he can figure out the whole squat issue, that can be a lot of kilos he can add on to his total. So all of a sudden, maybe he adds on twenty five to forty kilos on his total for worlds if he can figure that out. Yeah, definitely. It sucks. We're not gonna have. It's been a hot minute. I always see Tony at the um, 
world championships. And uh, yeah, I'm not just realizing we're not going to, I don't think I'm going to run into Tony at all. No, I don't think he's not coming. He's not going to try to use a dispensation form or anything. I think he's just going to try and focus on world games. As far as I know, he might decide to change his mind. Oh, is what it is. I'm sure I'll probably catch him around maybe next time he goes back into the the classic. But yeah, Tony's obviously a shooter in the 120s and the world level. Um, All right. So should we move on to the women's? Yes. Well, I was going to I was going to ask two. I was going to ask two Mo real quick since you brought it up. How does it work as far as the British team, as far as like funding that you brought up as far as uh, Tony's situation? Uh, So in terms of funding, so um, we're basically self-funded to an extent. So it just pre, it just got announced that British powerlifting got accepted under the NGR Federation. So British powerlifting, so the GBPF is just, was always just one of the other powerlifting federations for the UK. So I think as of today, they are recognized as the basically the, the powerlifting federation for the UK in general. So that means we can access a lot more funding and maybe things will start to change in the federation. But as of now, it's still pretty much self-funded. They give you a kit and then they give you a handler and then you get yourself there and compete. That's, okay. that's yeah. I mean, yeah. it's huge to be recognized by the government for government grants um like that's big government grants not only and even athletes and universities and shit once you're recognized by the government now it's more likely that universities start making it a university sport and then from that you get more youth involved and that's when the sport starts growing you know when you go to university and you're like what are my options and if there's any scholarships involved with the universities say less your sport is about to explode um, so it's a massive move when a government recognizes a sport like that. And then it starts, it just starts the trickle down effect of it. It's early days. I mean, we're talking literally just today gets announced. So we'll have to see the full impact. The full impact won't happen overnight. Time to grow and universities start recognizing the possibilities and whatnot. But this is how it starts, man, is, is recognition. When these recognition points happen, it matters. And then like university games and different games that happen. So yeah, this needed to happen. Uh, yeah. Inclusion into the Commonwealth Games, whatever. Your government needs to recognize the sport first and recognize a, a federation to work with. So this is like all pieces that can start moving forward. Um, so there's a lot of things. That the, the post is somewhat generic because it's so early days. But when the post says we can expand in so many different ways, that's just a little bit of a snapshot of all the different ways. From universities to other multi-sports to funding and grants from the government to it starts there. Without recognition, that doesn't happen, right? So very this is true. big. This is big for you for you guys, man. We'll it's see. Very it's massive, exciting. Yeah. yeah. And just like just to show you the impact, for example, we had British nationals, which just happened, where we had maybe 70 lifters turn up for the open in comparison to the universities where they have 500 to- lifters turning up for the British universities. So if we can get a lot more of those lifters actually crossing over into the open by getting some of them either scholarship funds for the university fees or just having more clubs and making it more accessible for lifters to keep on going in the sport after university will just have such a massive increase in GBPF funding itself. Yeah. So it'll be, it's very interesting time and hopefully the Federation can capitalize on it and keep it growing. And it gets more and more competitive, man. I know. Yeah. You know, I love that, it. I love that. I love it. It's going to get problem. crazy, man. You get it freaks is. like Sam Watt getting nervous. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? There's a, just a random one. I like, there's a university lifter. I don't know if he's competing anymore, but I think he was some, he just bought his first knee sleeves. 
they need to score when he sleeps. Scores 290 kg 105. <laughs> Jeez, I never, yeah. never owned any sleep. <laughs> damn, see these dudes who just walk off the street squatting like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're just like, yeah, I, I do a little weightlifting and they don't even take it seriously yet. Nah. You know, <laughs> they have, it's crazy. And that's their basement. So, yeah. Or you got a dude on small off squatting 300 kilo. This is it, man. Wait till these guys start sharpening their weapons and all of a sudden it's, oh my God. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that'll expand. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the results and the men had 56 lifters compete and the women had 49 lifters compete mm-hmm. compared to like something like, it's not exactly the same, but something like right now, USAPL has their high school and collegiate nationals going on. And they said they have over 800 athletes from all these different universities and high schools competing. And a lot cool. of them come as teams, like the coach, all they all fly together, compete together and, and recruit and everything like that. So imagine if you can get something like that going on over there. Um, and I just want to add on from the post for people that are listening that, yeah, it says it's been um, approved as a national gov- governing body for powerlifting in the UK and has been approved by all home sports uh, councils of so sports, England, sports, Scotland, sports, Wales, and sport, Northern Ireland. And yeah, the, they said that how it's going to facilitate expansion in every area and should enable more support to athletes at all levels. So we'll see how the funding, like Ryan said, the different grants or funding or access comes because it could just be like, you know, connections or help to get a bigger venue, or it could be like funding to Mm. help with the drug testing. Then you have, you know, people in charge that can now manage their budget and say, well, forgetting, you know, our drug testing cover. Now we can shift some of that money over and maybe put it towards our national team. So it could be roundabout ways like that, that can benefit everyone. And that is true. Grants for like um, holding the nationals and venues and stuff. It once stuff like that is alleviated, it helps. It's so much easier to expand in other areas. Now, all of a sudden that money gets allocated to like streams or like the national team itself or whatever the shit, like when you don't have to worry about certain parts. Um, so yeah, man, we'll see what happens. This is big for you guys. It is, it is massive. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I want to mention real quick before we go to the women's side was just the, men's uh best lifter rankings by the gl points you kind of hinted at it already but just to give the exact numbers sam watt had 109.65 versus jerns had 109.62 so 0.03 difference and then right there at number three at 108.98 our our boy mo got third place that's it that's it my mans did it listen um yeah we'll see because because sam also said he's like I'm doing what I need to do, but if he got pushed, he could always do more. His goal might have been more. So we'll see. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. you guys, it's 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 some good battles. I'm glad you're in Sam's weight class. Because um, <laughs> you could battle with him. Battling a legend is huge. You it's know? huge. It's huge and it's fun. It's just go back to back for years. Hopefully, well, hopefully not too many years. But... <laughs> <laughs> he might be 60. And you're like, come on, man. Get old already. Aren't you done? But um, yeah, I know it's, it's really big to be going head to head. Now everyone's going to be watching next time because you're going against the best lifter. So when you go battling it out with him next British nationals, um, that's probably the next time you guys are going to face off. It'll be huge, yeah. man. Um, yeah. We might have to do a recap show for that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, let's talk about the women 47 kilo. What are we looking at here, sir? So 47 kilo, we have Lenka Klinikova. So she, we represented GB in the Euros last year. I believe, I can't remember what she placed, but she totaled a 340 kg total this time around, just 5 kg under the GB record total. So I think she'll be looking to obviously push that a little bit more heading into Walt because that only places her 
in fourth position, um, ranking herself against the numbers from 2021 Worlds. But obviously in the 47, you, it's a pretty stacked class for number one and two already. So it, you're basically just battling for third place. Oh my God, yeah. No, forget about first. <laughs> that yeah. they, they are killers. First and second is spoken yeah. for. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's an exciting class. The beach will have the best seats in the house as long as she can pay attention. Uh, while she's lifting everyone's going to be watching put it that way everyone will be watching her weight class in the ipf worlds because uh heather connor and turbo taff are going to be battling oh, yeah. an yeah. epic 47 kilo clash do you um, know what the a total is for that uh weight class uh, i can pull that off very quickly so the a total i'm just wondering because it looks like she's done all uk meets and then she did europeans and sweden was like her first international meet so now this yes. could be her first chance to go to a world championship so for the women's 47, it's 350. So she's just, um, it's 330 for the B total and 350 for the A total. So she's made the B total, but she's only just 10 kg off the A total. So she'll most likely still get picked for the team. She's so in consideration. Be, yeah. Yeah. That would be a nice achievement. Go to your first world, see if you can get on third place. It depends who shows up. I know uh, we got some good you know, 47s in Canada, and, like, it depends. We'll have to see. How about the um, 52s? So the 52s, we have Leonie Tapman with the 380 kg um, total. Overall, um, she, I don't think she had the best days because I know in the gym she's done a 150 kg squat. She's done close to a 115 bench or 110 bench, and deadlift-wise, I think she's pushed to a 155. So I don't think she had a good day for British nationals overall, but she still ended up with a 380, which is basically what she did, I believe, uh, slightly over what she did in 2021 Worlds. Um, so it's not massive. It only plays her seventh in the rankings, but hopefully if she does get picked for the team, she can refine whatever she needs to refine and basically come out with a lot more in her total, maybe approach that 400 kg total mark, really. Um, and 400 kilo total, breaking that in the, 50, in the 52s makes you competitive. Uh, yeah, like that's does. that's one of those big barriers we'll talk about the french nationals in a bit but like the french nationals like fucking holy shit if you're 52 what they're doing <laughs> in France. but um but yeah i mean at the very least she showed up even if she even if she had indications like this probably is going to be my best day in terms of expectation wise you win and you punch your ticket for worlds yeah sort it out at worlds that's the biggest right it's just get to worlds that's yeah, world basically now, how about the 57s? Holy fudge. If France's, <laughs> if France's 52s is ridiculous, the 57s in Britain, my man, when 475.5 gets you silver in, in, in the 57s, that is absolutely insane. Joy Namani damn near did the 500-500. A 500-pound 500 yeah. dead in a 500-kilo uh, total. And her total is so big. She would have won the 63. She would have won the 69s. She would have only not won. You have to go all the way up to the 76. 76. It's crazy how much of a talent she is. By far the strongest 57 kilo woman in the world. Um, I shouldn't say by far. I mean, there's there's women who are strong, but she's definitely number one consistently. Um, and in history, we've never seen a 57 kilo woman posting up numbers like this. Um, the two-time world champion, she won 52 kilo class twice at Worlds, moved up, won the 57s, and damn, man, still, you know, if she would have hit her last deadlift, she would have got the 500. Yeah, she would have. Kilo total. And, and, it, and that last deadlift was, first off, 
235 kilos, so 517 pounds. She had it up in like a little over her knees. And like, it was, that was no, that wasn't a Hail Mary. I got no chance at this. That wasn't a tug on the bar. It's not going anywhere. And you wave to the crowd. That thing moved, man. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, she was um, pretty close. Yeah, and she missed a third squat too. So had she hit her third squat, which was five kilo, she wouldn't have even needed that big dead to hit that 500 kilo total. Like she's, she could have dropped the deadlift down and, and wait in like that dead mood for her. So a 500 kilo total in the 57s awaits Joy Namani at some point. And poor Bobby Butters, who was a fucking monster of a lifter with a 475, I think 0.5, right? Yeah. Okay. Is a monster of a lifter. And she happens to be stuck behind Joy Namani. I mean, again, she's, you know, she's capable at the world championships. God knows where she's going to end up. The 57s are respectable all across the world. Canada's own Maria T who won worlds is going to be there. Um, So like 57s is another stack class internationally, but Bobby, like when you, when you're at the national level in a, a 475.5 only gets you a silver, fuck, man, that's a tough division a tough at the division. national level. That says something how stacked it is. That's a hell of a one-two punch for Great Britain. What are you thinking, and, uh, Arian? Or sorry, go ahead, Mo. And I saw, just wanted to mention that Bobby also broke, um, broke the world record for the squat with a 185 at British Nationals. So, well, unofficial world record. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. It's like Bobby's squatting over the world record she keeps chipping away adding to her total adding to her total just unfortunate for her yeah joy decided to move up the weight class happens to be from the same nation so yeah they go you know one and two at nationals and either one and two or one and three at at worlds so it's tough to like bobby could go up to the 63s and potentially win nationals but then when you go to worlds and all these lifters doing 500 plus in the 63s it becomes really difficult so it seems like, yeah, she just has to stay at 57 to just continue to chip away at to her total over time until she can, you know, get to her national world title. A 185 squat, that's a 407-pound squat by a 125-pound woman. Yeah, you go to the gym and you see, you see like, some pretty jacked dudes with four plates aside. You know what I mean? She's 125 pounds. You can't lose perspective. Like she's jacked as well. But when you meet her in real life, she's still like 125 pounds. It's crazy to picture how like she's, she's a phenomenal talent, you know, to be that size shifting that kind of weight. Um, yeah. I mean, the good thing is she's, I would be like, everyone knows she's going to be on the great Britain team and she's going to be at worlds anyways. Uh, like she's got to, so it'll, she's going to be able to get there and, uh, we'll see what happens, man. Is the, the 57 of worlds is going to be stacked. Um, Ooh. yeah, we'll have to like the, all over the world though. The women are absolutely killing it. Um, but talking about the 63s Arian, any Nelson. Now look at, you're right. Bobby body, Bobby puts on weight. Maybe her total goes up, but any Nelson was not getting out total by Bobby just yet. Not in a straight comparison with 57 kilo total, 63 kilo, kilo total, Andy Nelson with a 480 um, and, and clinches, clinches the title and clinches her, her ticket to the world championships. Is that, uh, sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, I was going to say, I was just looking at her previous numbers like at European, she did 467.5. So, and she's making good progress, adding 13 kilos on her total, um, getting closer and closer to that 500 kilo barrier, which is where you want to be for the 63s. Agreed. Like in terms of um, 
63s, 500 is is still well far, far off Leah. We'll talk about her in a minute. But, um, you know, but in terms of like being competitive at the world level, you want to be around that 500 mark, you know, depending on who shows up because 63 is that class is getting more and more psyched. You got Iris, Dutch nationals are also around the corner, by the way, but Iris okay. Schulten are, Iris Schulten is a 63 and she's around that 500 kilo mark. Um, you know, obviously Gara from Italy. Uh, we'll see if she goes to the classic worlds. Cause she's also doing a quip. She's got world games. So I oh. don't know that'll open it up, but she's well into the five hundreds as well. So it depends who shows with 63s. This being a world games will take off a couple people. Like we mentioned, Tony cliff. I think it's going to take off Gara as well, which will open up a spot on the podium. But uh, Annie Nelson's going to want to, she doesn't have a lot of time, but she wants to get close to that 500 kilo mark. That's where you start entering into um, you know, the serious business with the rest of the world, but we'll see. You got to see who shows up. Staying yeah, healthy is one of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, look, <laughs> I'm looking at the all time list on open IPF and there's only five women who have hit 500 kilos or more in that weight class. So that's like elite category and an Annie sitting at 13th all time. So, you know, get into the top 10, get in the top five all time. You may not be the world champion just yet, but that puts you in, the, the top category with you, like you said, the Leah, the Corolla, Sam Calhoun, and so on. You're competitive. You're, de- you're definitely, uh, you're in there and you're playing with them. You know, you're not, you're not an also ran in the middle of the pack. You're and, and when the sport, you know, when, you know, what happens in sport, man, when the game starts going doors of opportunity open, when people start missing lifts, stay tight, go nine for nine. You never know what could happen. Right. So <clears throat> she's in the hunt. That's for sure. Um, how about the 69, sir? So in the sixth in line, we have Tasman Campbell with a 468 kg total. Um, I don't think she had the best day because following up on her story when I was doing the preview show, um, she actually caught COVID during the peak oh. week. So I think that would have definitely knocked a bit off the numbers. It didn't seem to affect it too much, but she ended up with a 200 kg deadlift. But um, that's still not a lot to really compete on the world stage. So I think that only placed her around sixth in against the 2021 rankings and only... Yeah, only 2021 rankings because the 69 is also the new weight class. So we only have the 2021 numbers. So it'll be very interesting to see if she gets the world, if they get the invitation to worlds um, from Henry. And hopefully if she does, she can bring a, a larger total and hopefully cross that 500 if possible. I do recognize Sabrina Moore as well. Uh, three-time yes. 63 kilo national champion. Moved up a weight class there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, I think she actually got injured leading, she, or she's been dealing with a shoulder injury leading up to this meet, but um, she placed second, so she actually didn't seem to have a great day, but I think she just came for the fun of it. So she's not fully healed up, but she still showed up. That's it, man. Well, to show up, shift some weights around, you never know what happens, yeah. right? It's the worst when you're injured, but you could still post the total. You're like, I'm not going to go if I'm not going to be 100%. Then you watch somebody bombed or somebody whatever like fuck me i would have won (laughs) (laughs) just show just show see what happens it depends on obviously how bad the injury is but uh, yeah yeah with with tasman i was going to mention too i guess one of the benefits to having a coach have like a selection process that's more flexible versus just being okay you know you win nationals you go to worlds and then everyone else goes alternate list is that 
he can consider these different things like, hey, this person was injured. Hey, this person had COVID. Here's my training numbers. If I can hit these numbers, I'll place this much higher. And he can say, okay, potentially this person can recover in time by June and execute and place better. So he can pick from that B group or even after that uh, more flexible than just having a you know straight process of how you're picking. That's true. And that's why you put those kind of things in place. So you have some wiggle room. Um, let's talk about the 76s. My girl, Sophia Ellis, did her damn yeah. thing, huh? She did. She secured the bag. <laughs> she secured the bag, man. Um, so that deadlift, it's a 237.5. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was 235. 237.5. Is it? Okay. So 237.5, that's the biggest deadlift of all time in the women's powerlifting in Britain, right? Yes, it's the biggest ever. And Johnny Marnie came close to that a few hours earlier. Dude, it's still amazing <laughs> that Sophia Ellis can be like, I got the biggest deadlift in, in, in British history for yeah. the classic division. That's a fucking phenomenal touch. She's the deadlift queen. Um, clinches the 76 kilo title, ends up with a 525 and is heading to, to Worlds. I talked to her briefly in the DMs afterward, and she's like super happy with the dead. Yeah. Bench is on point. Um, looks like she's got a chip in there. So I'm assuming that's a record bench is on point. She likes doing bench only. She's got a big bench. She's got obviously a killer deadlift. She's like, I just got to get that squat up. And and if my squat goes up some kilos, we're talking, you know what I mean? Uh, so we'll see what she's got time and she knows yeah, what she wants to time. address. Yeah. yeah. And then also probably worth mentioning is, um, I don't know if she'll get the international team selection, but it's um, Susanna Argao. So she was previously a 69 kg lifter. And then I thought she competed as Euros at 69 kg lifter. And then she's decided to move up to the 76. So she came, she looked really good for nationals. She missed out on a 202.5 or 203 squat, which is only about seven kg away from Jessica um, Butner's squat record. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what she can put on with the more weight. And hopefully she can start getting closer to that 520, 530 kg total. Who knows? Dude, if she presses Jessica's squat record, that's huge. Yeah. Um, that's big. Yeah, I mean, she's got time, man. You grow, and that's one thing, too. In terms of a, a lift that goes up with body weight, the squat, man. The squat goes up. The, like, all lifts will, but, the, like, the one that kind of lags sometimes, the deadlift. Sometimes smaller people deadlift more. We've seen that, but that squat, man. You throw on some body weight, man, does the squat like it. Yeah, it does. I was going to add in there too. I was, yeah, I was looking at some of the attempts, and it looks like Emily Greenway did the 205 to lock in third. And then Susanna Argo actually tried 207.5 to jump into lead over Sophia before she did her third. So it was actually close to that end. Like she could have made her third and put some pressure on Sophia to have to pull for the win. Uh, unfortunately, she missed the 10 kilo jump. So then Sophia Ellis could just go for what she wanted. She ended up getting more than that, anyways. And then mm-hmm. just to put it also in perspective, as far as Sophia's Delif. 237.5 the world record jessica bittner has is at 247.5 she's so she's 10 kilos behind the world record delif right now and she's she's filling out the weight class too so all these ladies are kind of with a lot of them with the 69 and 76 are figuring out where they want to be and filling out a new weight class so they have room to grow and dude jess has a monster deadlift so for sophia to be closing in on her some of these ladies are closing in on some of jess's lifts um yeah it's pretty crazy and yeah if if Susanna was going all in on that third dead. And what if she played a tighter game where she's not going all in? She might not have left any kilos on the table now. If she's also grown into the 76s, like 
this is a pretty big year for her. Where she ends, you know, where she starts and where she ends up, her total could definitely inflate quite a bit. Because someone's total did inflate. We might as well toss this in here real quick, a little caveat. Um, Arian is uh, Agata from Poland. Poland also had their nationals, Uh, a 76. And she unofficially broke the 76-kilo world record with her total. And um, and she's I think she's like 20 years old. It's freaking insane, my man. And her total is way up from classic worlds when he's we saw her in September. So people are moving, you know, and she had won in the equipped, but in classic, we had not seen this. And you never know what people get in their equipment or out of equipment or how things go, right? Proof is in the pudding. Well. Her classic total went way up. Her raw total, and um, now, man, at twenty years old, Jessica's got Jessica's got somebody to worry about in Poland. Yeah, I don't know if it was their actual nationals because the translation like translates to, like the Polish Cup, but it was some Polish meet with one hundred and seventy nine lifters competing. So pretty big event, and yeah, I mean, Lagada's lifter lifts are going crazy. She did Junior Worlds twenty twenty one with the five hundred point five. And then now she's at 564.5. So this is ridiculous jumps in, in her progress. And I know we're, we're all just Bittner fans and uh, we like to see her like dominate. But also we, we like to see <laughs> everyone but six. I hate her. But we all like to see <laughs> we all like to see competition. We like to see depth to these battles and, and see the strategy and how it's going to come down at the end. So it's it's good to see now that like okay you have a got at five sixty four point five and now you have Sophia up there as well. And so you're, it's going to be interesting going into this world and beyond seeing how these lifters uh, create more depth in these especially in these new weight classes and then how they're going to do as far as their strategy when you have someone closing in behind you versus when you're just playing your own game. It's going to be nuts when they go head to head. And I got to, I got to I think ask, is, is Kimberly also doing 76 or 60? I think she's going 76, brother. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. But, but I got to say, so I was about to say, I got to, I believe, I slid in her DMs and asked, and I think she's going um, junior worlds because she does equipped, obviously, she's won worlds and equipped. And um, I think she might be doing world games. So I think, uh, I think she's going junior worlds, which is later on in, in late August. So we won't see the showdown with her and Bittner and Kimberly, but it is crazy that the difference in her raw total went 60 kilo up. So worlds must've been an anomaly where something was up. She just wasn't having a good day. You know, obviously she's had great days in equipment. Who knows, man, hopped out of equipment and just like, whoa, who something happened there. Because you don't normally just jump up 60 kilo. But um, I mean, that's what happens with like people have off days. The majority of your work is in equipment. So equipped people were like, yeah, dude, we all know about her. She's a killer. And I'm like, well, the one time she was in classic, she had an off day though. People have off days all the time. We see it. We just had a shitty sample size. You know what I mean? So we couldn't tell how special she was. Her sample size, now that she's going to do more and more classic, sample size is going to grow. And it's like, okay, this is, you're more special than we thought uh, when you hop out of equipment because you never know how that transpires. Like it's way too hard to do the math, right? So fuck me, she might be a champion in and out of equipment if she can beat Jess Bittner. 
We're going to have to see. It won't happen in 2022, though. It's going to happen <laughs> in 2023 in the U.S. of A, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks that we won't get the battle this year. But, yeah, with, with Agata being 19 is what's listed here and just being 26 or 27, there's there still more years to come to see that battle. Right. And and this year, we like you say, we'll still see Kimberly Wofford in there with another big deadlift. So you're going to have Sophia, Kimberly, Jess all battling it out on the total and the deadlift. With Agata also, kind of like you've seen potentially with Sam Watts and before with Dave Ricks is when some of these lifters switch out of equipped to classic. It takes some time to like figure out your technique without the equipment and build that bottom end strength again. And once you figure it out, then your total starts going up. And so they're told maybe progressing based on that too. So yeah, she had, you know, the one off days where you consider at worlds and maybe she started building that strength, getting comfortable outside the equipment and her numbers just shot up. Plus being I'm, 18, 19 years old helps. I, I was about to say, dude, she's a teenager. This is crazy. What she's <laughs> keep by the time 2023 rolls around. Oh my God. Like how much stronger, like, you know, the difference between 18 and 19 is massive. 19 and 20 is massive. Difference between 26 and 27 is not as massive. You know what I mean? Like uh, Jess is going to continue to progress. It looks like she has, but still on the flip. What I will say is if Jess has to battle, like it's one. So that is in Agatha's side, but if Jess has to battle her, I'm sure Jess is like, I'd rather face her in America where I'm just traveling more South, same time zones, us, Canada, us is nothing. Um, you know, it's a few hours, same day, you know, we're, we're real close. Whereas Canada to South Africa is a motherfucker. Okay. This is, it's like a, it's like a, a journey. Okay. How long so, is your flight? Uh, dog, I'm, I'm going to say it's like a full day. Cause there's a pit stop. I stop in like Paris for like hours, man. It depends. Like, yeah. How you do it. Last time I went was 2014 classic worlds was in, in South Africa. And we purposely broke it up where we did a long layover in Germany. So we went from um, Miami to Germany which was whatever, seven-hour flight or something like that. Then we spent 12-hour layover there, so we left the airport, went and did stuff in Germany, enjoyed the day, and then from Germany down to South Africa was like another, I don't know, seven- to nine-hour flight, another really long one. Um, and and we were, I was stuck in the – it was like three seats on the left, four seats in the middle, three seats on the right. It was one of those huge planes. And I was stuck between my 120 kilo buddy and then some random guy like in the four spot. So I was like, you know, smushed in there for hours and hours. So it, it's it's tough. It's rough if you don't have good leg room or if you don't yeah. have a long layover. Dude, like uh, two hours in, if I'm smushed between two large gentlemen, I don't give a fuck. I'm sleeping. On <laughs> They're too cuddly. That's their problem. If you're that cuddly, I'm like, if you're like a big squishy dude, that's it. Two hours in, my movie's over and I'm ready to nap. And this squishy dude is, is part of my part of my napping schedule. Uh, I was going to add to it. This time it's a different city than last time. Last time I think it was like maybe 60 to 90 minutes from the airport to the city. This time the invitation saying it's like a two hour drive from the airport then to the city so then you have to deal with that whatever bus it is or whatever it is to take yeah. that two-hour drive the benefit is that the city looks much better when we did in Pachastrum, it was a much smaller city wasn't as good of a hotel and a venue sun city the hotels look like you know like vacation they look spots. amazing, yeah. they look amazing. <laughs> so it looks like it's going to be a much better spot much bigger spot different hotels to pick from based on your level and so it's going to be worth it dog i'm going to get in all, all types of trouble um <laughs> But I am going to be flying from like Toronto to, I think, Paris, spend okay. a day in Paris, then oh, fly nice. from, yeah, 
then fly from Paris to South Africa, then do the two hours on uh, in, a, in a bus or whatever, and then do uh, six hours on horseback. And then I finally get there. And then raft. <laughs> and I raft for a little bit too. He's- no, dude, it's an adventure from Canada. So doubling back, I bet you Jess is like, I'm not mad at, like I get, yes, she won't be 19. She'll be 20. She's got that. But I'm not mad at facing her in the US where I just do a like, day trip down there. And and then we rock and roll. Whereas Agatha's got to fly to the other side of the world. So we'll see. We kind of got veered off track there. Went on a tangent. That's but, what uh, we do. <laughs> that's what we do, baby. That's you're what like, we I'm gonna, do. You're like, I'm going to stop in Paris, hang out with my boy, Panna. Then I'm gonna go. <laughs> that's it, man. Hey, uh, we, Panna, we got the 84s and 84 pluses left. Let's do it. Yes. 84s. So in the 84s, we have Timmy Topper Nuga. Um, she toted 527 kg. I uh, think she actually didn't, she's placed, she's competed in, she's won British Nationals twice and she got injured pretty badly, I think, last year. So this is her first comeback from the injury. So to be able to pop 527 is pretty impressive and it's also surpassed what she's done um, at Walt. So it'll be interesting to see how she can keep on building from this. She has a month of deadlift. The 230 she did at British Nationals look pretty comfortable. So it'll be very interesting to see how she can progress and bring something even better when it comes to the world stage. Didn't she have loaded up something crazy for a third? Or my no, that was um, that was Zayana, I believe. Okay, yeah, gotcha. two, 230 was was her third. Um, but that's good that she hit a PR total, oh, yeah. and she yeah. she's actually done a 235 deadlift, so she has the second yes. biggest deadlift now. And uh, <laughs> uh, you got Sophia one and Tommy Tope too, so not not a bad uh, uh, deadlift right there. And I, I like your notes here, man. Fourth place in 2021, third place in 2019. That's a really competitive and 84 kilo class. If you should put it together, continue building that total, uh, she's going to be um, battling it out there for the podium. Definitely. And also you have um, the person I think you're referring to is um, Zariah Azariah with a 512 kg total, but she went for 240 kg pool and <laughs> yeah. basically completed it, but dropped it. <laughs> That's right. That's the video <laughs> I saw. And I was like, damn, that was close. Yeah. And she's only 24 to, I believe. So she's definitely got a lot of time to improve. And keep, and she only started powerlifting like a year ago. So it'll oh be very my interesting to see how she keeps on progressing. God, <laughs> she's going to have a monster deadlift yeah. if this is her beginning. Oh, wow. I, I like how we have like these lifters. Like we look up like Sam Watts profile and you have meets from like the 90s and stuff like that and Austria and stuff. And then you pull up Zyana's and it's like, yeah, she has three meets in 2021. She started off with a 215 kilo deadlift, and now she's already up to 225 and attempting 240.5. <laughs> and had it too. And had it. Yeah, Sam Watt actually competed in the 80s once. It's not as open powerlifting. He said that he was like, I'm I'm bitter, it's not on there yet. He's because... like, I got the photo. <laughs> He's like, I'm getting robbed of competing in another decade of the 80s. <laughs> Just adds to his legend. How about the yeah. 84 pluses, sir? So the 84 pluses were missing out. Camille, um, she's obviously the reigning GB champion, but fortunately she picked up an injury in prep. So we have um, Victoria Heft, who came with the 527.5 kg total, which was pretty impressive. And hopefully I think she's also pretty new in the powerlifting world, um, just going based off of social media. And it'll be interesting to see how she also progresses and if she gets that world's team spot. Unfortunately, the... It's very, very stacked on the warp stage for the 84 kg plus, but hopefully with the experience and more time, she can start approaching just bigger numbers with time. What? Because um, I know the French team and, and some other teams as well, 
If you're injured and miss nationals, you might still make the national team, depending how you've done internationally. They take these things into account, right? And your likelihood of, is that also taken into account? So if somebody missed nationals, they might still go over the national champion? It depends on the person themselves. So I think it depends on how good she feels. Because last thing I saw on her social media, she said training was going very good. And then she posted very recently saying, She's back and just purely rehab work and trying to sort out whatever she tweaked. So if she thinks she can feel good in 11 weeks, she might apply for it. Or most likely, since it's only 11 weeks, she might just decide to skip out and maybe go for Euros instead. Do you know, do you remember the schedule when the, oh, sorry, the bench was one month prior. I was sorry, I was looking at her her list. She did the bench nationals, was it, one month before that? Uh, Is it Camille? Uh, for uh, Victoria. Oh, Victoria, yes. So I guess, you know, if Victoria doesn't get the spot for the classic uh, powerlifting world, she could potentially get the spot for the bench well, world. Yeah, definitely. Good thing she stacked the deck and did both. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was just looking at her profile because you said she was new and like, yeah, there's one meet from 2021 and then the, those two nationals of 2022. And yeah. she's, already, she's already benching 130. <laughs> Dude, steering. she's got potential, right? She's got a future on her. And already a double national champion. Not bad. Just two me, three meets in. <laughs> three meets in. Like, well, I've been very well with my time. Not wasting time, anyways. And she might be going to the world championships too on her fourth meet, man. Talk about a quick rise to the top. Holy crap, yeah. man. It must be a little bit overwhelming. So should we, Arian, what do you think, man? Should we pause on this and do the French nationals then on a, like, like it's a separate episode. Well, I was just going to mention the best lifters as well, real quick on the women's side, that. since we did on the men's side, Joy Namani got first place with 115.68 behind her was Bobby butters, 111.68. And then third was Sophia Ellis, 105.16, just barely beating out Annie Nelson by 0.03. So Sophia just edged her out with that final Delft as well. And then, of course, the British is one-two punch, Joy and Bobby, number one and two in, in the nation. Dude, they're killers. They're absolute killers. Yeah, I think we might as well split it because I don't want to bury the French nationals. I want to drop it two different podcasts. That way um, people can listen on two different, you know, you listen to one, then listen to the other, as opposed to if you came for French nationals, you're waiting I don't want to make people wait over an hour to get to it. People get pissy if that happens. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, we man, we talked more. This is what always happens, though, man. We always talk a lot. So let's cut it here, Arian, if you don't mind. You got the control, sir. And um, and we'll double.